Transplanter RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG. We are an all transgender, people of color led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition live streamed actual play campaign set in an original non colonial anti orientalist world. I am your game master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. My name is C. I use they them pronouns and I play Okahaye, an Asamar blood hunter slash monster hunting expert. I'm Erica and I play V Nocturzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra and I use they she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include heights, falling from tall places, hallucinations, manipulation, trauma, grief, descriptions of food, and romance. Arc 3, Episode 14 Grief Can Taste of Sugar From Not Here by Hugh Min Yen The last tendrils of crimson mist evaporate from the streets of Rosso, and a wave of starless dark begins to roll in. The people slumped in the streets slowly stir, groaning and rubbing their temples, blinking this red haze of the carnival out of their eyes. And as they do, memories begin to creep back into cluttered minds. The realization of what's happened starts to sink in, and the streets of Rosso begin to thrum with barely contained But as voices begin to rise and emotions start to bubble over, we see a few brave souls venturing out into these darkened streets. Because in the absence of leadership, the people of Rosso show up to provide guidance, reassurance, and direction to each other. We see on one street a copper dragonborn woman, tall, broad, and muscular, with a soft belly, barking orders to quell the growing panic in the streets. Her bright, almost fluorescent blue eyes scan the mottled alleyways for signs of trouble, and she grabs a torch off a nearby sconce to help guide a group of frightened children back into their homes. 
We also see a half-elf woman of middling height, slender, with skin the color of ivory and eyes the color of vibrant violet. She's draped in humble robes, her long auburn hair rippling down her back. A baby treant is strapped to her back, riding in a soil-filled pot as she raises her arms, summoning vines out of the ground. The vines burst from this concrete, showering the street in little clumps of soil. And then the vines lift the blockade of a crumbled building off the ground to reunite a separated family. We also see an air genasi. Fair has light blue skin, dark blue eyes, and long pointed ears. Their grayish white hair flows behind them, resembling clouds that bounce and trail as they walk. She wears a dark blue dress and has a messenger bag slung over her shoulder, packed to the seams with the hard edges of spellbooks. Fay waves fair arms. A gust of wind whips around them, and they lift a shivering group of people back up to the balcony level of their home, where they fell down from. But even as these heroes of the common folk start to quell the chaos and panic, we hear shocked, confused voices slicing through the dissipating mist. Did you see those visions in the mist, too? Atalanta! Dead! That's right. Dead! And on the roof, the roof, with Bloodthirst and the gods? Does that mean Bloodthirst is champion again? Yes, that's how this works. He killed Atalanta. No, wait, I saw Cain. Cain killed Bloodthirst, which means Cain's the champion. But who are those people next to Cain? And that woman, the elf. Yes, the elf with light shooting into her, out of her. The Paragon. But that's impossible. You saw it too, didn't you? We all saw it. The Paragons. They're back. And the gods never left. As this realization creeps through Rosso, a crowd gathers in the streets and approaches the Tower of Risk and Reward. The people of Rasu congregate at the base of this massive spiraling tower, craning their necks to look up, up, up toward the roof. A chant is born on their lips, a chant that grows in power and volume until the winds pick up the voices of the people and spirit them up to the folks on the roof of the tower. Oka, Manaya, Dewey, and V. As the four of you stand on this roof, whipped by these skyborne winds reeling from your victory against the bloodthirst, you hear this chanting. It's faint, but it's getting louder, and soon the words become undeniable. Cain. 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 The people are chanting for Cain to be champion. What do the four of you do? I think V uh, notices the sound coming over and she's like still was kind of like looking over herself. She hears the chant and she looks over to Kane and her friends. And this is more to her friends than anything else. What are we going to do about the championship? The people have spoken. We have no right to deny them what's true. And Oka walks over to where Kane is sitting still kind of crumpled by Bloodthirst's body, and they kneel in front of them. Cain, the people are calling you. 
I... I... Cain is knelt over the crumpled body of Bloodthirst, uh, which is bleeding still, I think, a little bit, and they're like staring down at their blood-stained hands, the dagger protruding out of Bloodthirst's chest. There's just sort of a blank look on their face. Okay. I guess I'm the champion now. Do you want to be? It's everything I ever dreamed of. It's everything I was told I had to be. It's the only path for me. Different people can see different things from the same path. We might walk along the same stretch of road, but you could see the trash on the street and I might see the pastries in the bakery window. Just because it's the path you think you have to walk doesn't mean you need to follow in somebody else's footsteps. You can carve your own path. Kane looks up at you. There's glossed over silvery eyes coming back into stronger focus as you support them with your words. Okay. Okay. And Kane slowly struggles to a stand. Uh, their knees weak, their legs trembling. They hold onto your shoulder to like, pull themselves up, right? And they say, I will be champion, but I won't be the champion that Bloodthirst has tried to make me into. I'll be my own kind of champion, out of his shadow. The Kusin Guild is gone. You need to make a better world. For the orphans. Who you used to be. Nobody else knows how to do it. You can. But you need a regent. A strong regent to keep you in check too. What do you have in mind? And Oka looks to Dewey. I know a person who might be... Who's good at keeping people in check. The people that aren't Rem and would be more than willing to take that role. Um, but we're downstairs. I mean, you you were with Rum. <sighs> Xiaohu. Is that who you're suggesting, bird person? Yeah, tiefling person, champion. <laughs> Just Kane. Fine. I don't know anyone else who deserves to be regent, and the four of you are not from here. That much is obvious, and I don't think you intend to stay to rebuild this place. Fine. <clears throat> and Kane's just sort of like limps forward a little bit, pauses, then turns around and gingerly, almost gently, picks up Bloodthirst's sort of limp body. Uh, and holds it uh, in their arms. Fine. Let's go talk to Rim, then. And what of the former champion? Do we lay her to rest where she sits? Or do we bring her somewhere else? The advisors <clears throat> and the current regent, Bamba, they, they 
tradition dictates they should be in charge of the funeral procession. Understood. We'll take care of her last wishes. She gave them to us for a reason. Okay. All right. Uh, While this is happening, V, what are you doing? V is watching all of that, and um, she's actually thinking about the fact that she's got these gods inside of her now, and she's, uh, you know, she, she's just kind of in deep thought about, like, what this new energy sort of flowing through her, and kind of, like, at times looking back at Rev, and um, she's still paying attention to the conversations, but she's just been kind of, like, in her own world a little bit. Okay. Uh, v, the presence of Scott and Nectis inside of you has settled. It was like sort of like when, when, when they were finally reunited in you, it was like you're, you were a, a, a vast lake and just poof, there was some sort of like typhoon swirling around inside the lake, some sort of massive disturbance. And now the disturbance is gone and the sediments are starting to settle back down to the bottom of the lake. Right? There's just the sense of settling. Uh, that's like hovering through and filtering down, percolating down through your soul. Uh, you can feel Scott and Nectis, they feel whole again inside of you, and their presence is starting to fade a bit. Both of them feel very uh, exhausted, for lack of a better word, and now that they're finally reunited, it feels like they want to rest. But as like, pff, this glow is like settling down from around you, right? Like your fi- like paragon form, right? Is like pff, shed around you, you can see like streaks of like, um, green and what was it like purple running through your hair that's now like sort of like wild and like all around like your your shoulders and I think you're also like noticing how different you look um, and while the other your other friends were talking to Kane figuring out the championship Rev sort of looks down at you she's holding either side of your shoulders how does it feel to have them inside you it's uh very strange feeling, honestly. I mean, they're, I feel they're settling down, and I'm starting to feel normal, but it's... I, I won't lie to you, uh, I was terrified before everything that just happened happened. I, And now that it's happened, I actually feel calm about it. I wanted to ask you... What it's... What do I do now? What do you do with when you have a god inside of you, let alone two? It's a tricky kind of situation, V. The Raven Queen, she... It's hard to get in contact with her. She only really seems to surface when I'm around other god shards or other paragons like yourself and the the rest of your friends. When I try to make a concerted effort to commune with her, it takes a lot out of me when I try to ask her for guidance, help, advice. And then when I try to entreat her for divine intervention or a favor, it, it takes even more out of me and out of her. But I do know one thing, the Raven Queen. She's positive that the only way forward, the only way to restore Entake back to the way it was before the Cataclysm is if all the paragons were realized, if we all worked together, banded our power and our knowledge together, perhaps then we'd be able to have enough magic, enough power to turn back the wheel of time. Or at the very least, 
use our magic to repair the world. Bring the after and the, and the beyond and the rest of the gods back to us. Understood. She's also... <clears throat> and Rev actually pulls you aside, like away from Oka and Manaya and Dewey and Dr. Aluso. She also warns of a dark presence. That which I believe you call the stranger. Yes, we've become aware of the stranger. The shard of the queen I have inside of me is but an echo. She doesn't exactly have all the memories of the actual full raven queen, but when I commune with her, if I'm lucky, I get visions of the stranger war. It was real, V. The stranger was here once before. Aside from that, I don't know too much. If you can, try to find out more about this war, but from Scott and Nectus's perspective and their paragon at the time. Yes, I remember during the carnival, when I first got Nectus, I saw... Well, they when they looked at my heart, I, I, I think I saw the paragon before me, and I almost got to talk to them, but because I didn't have Scott, it got interrupted by bloodthirst. I'll have to see if I can reconnect to him. Well, they must be exhausted. And so must you. It's... V, like, thinks about the last, like, what feels like for her just a day or two. Um, But everything, the carnival and everything is... Yes, it's been such an ordeal. And V, like, looks up into Rev's eyes. During the carnival, you left me, and I just want you to know that I never want that to happen in real life. I'm not in the habit of making promises I don't know if I can keep. But what I can promise you is this, V. I would never leave you by choice. And she clasps both of your hands and, of course, leans in and kisses you. Maybe at that point is when uh, all of you here can just go, <clears throat> We have uh, business to attend to if everyone is ready on this roof here. I think I'm quite prepared to. Get the rest of this shit tied up. Dr. Luso, are you okay? Uh, ah, ah, uh, yes. Uh, and Oka, you notice that Dr. Luso is sort of standing by the edge of the roof. Uh, their hand was sort of outstretched, uh, and they seem to be using magic to manipulate the last of the crimson mist to sort of like dance and weave between their fingers. And when you speak, they let it go, and it dissipates in the, in the night air, and they turn a, a bit startled at you. Uh... Yes, yes. Let's get going. It appears that, well, obviously the people, and they gesture toward like the base of the tower that you can't see from up here, but you can still hear the chanting, Cain, Cain, Cain in the distance. No, of the events that have happened up here, perhaps by being imbued with this mist, they were able to see everything that transpired up here. So we have a lot to talk about uh, in regards to our next steps. And Oka, if you want, 
You can all, you can, because you're the one who addressed Dr. O, you can roll insight on Dr. Lusso to see, I mean, it seemed, you know, like on the surface, they were like, like manipulating the, the crimson mist to see why, how the people knew about Kane. But... 26. Okay, with a 26, you can ask three questions about them in this moment. Do any of my other fellow, I'm, I'm willing to take suggestions from the crowd of my fellow players here. Were they trying to be secretive about playing with the mist? The answer is no. Did they seem surprised by any of what happened just now? Yes, extremely. Is there any other expression? Like, uh, did they seem upset by what happened or just surprised or excited about it or neutral? They seem disturbed, but it's less so about what happened between y'all and more so about themselves and their own reaction to the mist. Which, as you know, like, breeded images of your deepest desires, right? They were disturbed by what appeared in the mist for them. But I don't think any of you saw what it was for Dr. Eluso. Okay, what do the four of you do? <sighs> right. And Manaya uh, takes a couple steps towards V and Rev. Right. Let's go, lovebirds. V, if you want to look at yourself, we've got mirrors downstairs. Otherwise, we need to get Kane on this throne and then in front of the people. And maybe with the doctor, too. They seem like they might need one. Let's find Siahu. And on that, I think we can cut to the hero's quarters. Um, let's say with your combined magic and new divine powers, you're able to phase through the floor. We don't have to figure out exactly how you get there, but you get there. Uh, you get to the hero's quarters, uh, which is... It looks like there was a very big, very decisive and fast fight uh, in, in the common space. You sort of see like ruin, torn up upholstery, claw marks, like scorch marks, right? Like overturned armchairs, like the ash from the fireplace is completely just spewed out over like the um, the rocky frame of, of the fireplace itself. Uh, and as you, let's say like you, you, um, you shimmer back down, uh, you apparate on the dais, maybe using like uh, Dewey's like, a device, right, to, to to reactivate the dais without, like, without a conductor. Um, uh, you sort of, like, hear a, ah, not you again, you, oh, 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 yay, oh, okay. And Tonga sort of, like, ducks out from behind, like, an overturned, like, a chair, and she was holding, like, a, a crossbow, like, a hand crossbow, and it, like, has her goggles on. She goes, oh, oh, she quickly puts her goggles back up, drops the crossbow, and, like, runs up to you. A squeak, and Xiaohu and Talat also all, like, peer out from behind cover. Um, uh, and Xiaohu goes, ah, Gardu, Manaya, Oka, V, and the two of you whose names I don't really know. Y you're safe. Good, good, good. We, we all saw the visions in the mist. We weren't sure if they were real or not, but I'm so glad they were. Talat, Xiaohu, Tonga, squeak, well, of course you're okay. Uh, we were so worried. We, Bloodthirst was here, wasn't he? Yes. Oh, God, it was... Gods, it was so fast. The battle was just over in three seconds. I'm so sorry we couldn't stop him from taking Kane away. It was for the best. They're better now, and... Well, we should get down to the to the bottom floor. We'll fill you in on the way. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. What are you doing with them? Uh, and Tanga sort of, like, looks, you know, like kind of like with like a lot of emotion under the surface of her face at Kane, who's, like, decidedly not looking at Tanga. Don't tell me you're... Don't tell me the four of you are agreeing to making Kane champion. We have a long story to tell. It's complicated. Cardu? You're 
going along with this? It's out of our control. Do you not hear the people? Of course we hear the people chanting so freaking loud. Think it was Adolin or something. But I guess technically Cade should be champion, but this isn't right. It was the four of you who, who brought Bloodthirst to his knees. And you're not fit to be championed. You, do you even know who I am? Do you even remember what you did to me? What you did to my friends? And Tanga is sort of like striding up to Kane, you know, and like, like poking like one furious like finger into, into the chest above where they're holding Bloodthirst. <laughs> Get your finger off of me. The people you've killed, the corpses you've created on your mad ascent to power. Do you even remember their names? Listen, lady, I've killed a lot of people. I don't remember all of their names. No, and I'm sorry, uh, who are you? Who is this? And Kane's gesturing to the rest of you as well. What do the four of you do? Dewey puts a hand on Tonga's shoulder, sort of like hesitantly, like he's not on board with like what Kane is saying, but also like this isn't productive and... Dewey's going to try and take, like, Tonga aside and be like, if Xiaohu is regent, I know that your mentorship, it's not going to uh, continue on the way that Bloodthirst ran, ran the city. How do you know that, Cardu? I know you. She crosses her arms and just, like, continuously shakes her head like she's at, like, a loss for words. And that's when... Kane steps forward, like, with, you know, like, still holding Bloodthirst's body. Listen, I don't know who you are, and I don't know which one of your friends I hurt, but the Kane that entered Clotho is not the same Kane that left, okay? I killed Bloodthirst for a reason. I've known for a long time perhaps longer than I'm willing to admit that what he was doing to the people of Rosso, what he was doing to the orphans he took in, his twisted way of looking at the world, was wrong. Doesn't do anything but breed more pain. And I can't, the images that the carnival showed me, I can't, I can't continue down that path. I don't want to be a monster anymore. Fine. 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 And Tonga just sort of turns around and storms off into one of the rooms in the hero's quarters. Uh, Tonga, I- uh, Bang! And the door slams. The people are asking for you downstairs. Okay. <clears throat> and Kane sort of like shakes, shakes their head and- They sort of like roll their shoulders and as they do a ripple of magic- shudders down their body as they, like, clean themselves off with, like, prestidigitation. Uh, they, like, patch up their clothes. They, like, make themselves like, a full face of makeup. You know what I mean? Like, there's a little bit of glimmer and, like, sheen to their, like, skin now. Even, like, Bloodthirst's body is, like, cleaned a little bit. <sighs> okay. Let's have the people meet their new champion. And their new regent, I guess. Uh, and they turn to look at Xiaohu. What? Who? And Xiaohu's like looking around. Come on, I thought you were ready for that, Xiaohu. Wait, me? I'm regent? I'm the regent? 
But I didn't do anything. I wasn't even on the roof. Doesn't matter. The champion can choose their regent. Oh my god. Oh my god, it's okay, it's happening. Oh, wow. I've dreamed of this day ever since I was... Okay, okay. Wait, one second, one second. As Xiaoku like runs off into a room and runs back out with like a little rolled up scroll. Uh, this is Maya. My victory regent speech. I have a victory champion speech, a concession champion speech, and a concession regent speech. The people don't want that. And they don't want a f- full face of makeup, Kane. They want the you that saved them from the carnival. You don't have to pretend. Fine. And magic shimmers around Kane again, and this time the makeup is like a natural look. <laughs> you know, and Kane's like, I am. Listen, Oka, I appreciate what you're trying to say here, but I am not going out there looking like a raggedy. No, uh uh-uh, uh, uh, mm mm. Is that what you're wearing? Uh, Kane looks at Xiaohu, who's just sort of like in rear leather armor. Yeah. It was the armor my father passed down to me and his father to him. Well, looks kind of... Okay, fine. Whatever. Whatever, whatever. This doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. Let's just go greet the people. The, I, I think you should take them down. Me? Uh, I'm just a thief. What? Scott and Nectis. Remember that? Oh, gosh. What happened to that V? Um, V's, like, I don't think they've ever seen this V, like, not have, like, a clue or, like, the idea of, like, oh, yeah, sure, this will be fine. Uh, I'll just make something up. She's, like, actually, like, nervous about this. and Hey, V? Yes? <laughs> You're not champion. The people don't need anything from you right now. We're going to go down there. We're going to be part of the crowd. We're going to accept Kane as the new champion, whether we want it or not. It's not for us to decide. All right. Your responsibilities lie elsewhere. With the people you've adventured with, the people you trust, and Manaya glances over to Rev, the people you love. So let's make the rest of this day the best we can. I'll do my best. Uh, I, I do uh, have to interject here. Uh, this is Dr. Luso. Uh, the people, based on what I saw in the mist that I was studying, they saw and heard pretty much everything up on that roof. So, V, you should stand with the rest of the paragons here, with me and Rev will support you, but they know. They know who you are. They know what you are. So be prepared for that, I suppose. And Rev steps in and says, that wasn't exactly very reassuring. Doctor, listen, V, you're a paragon and people are going to start to know. Tried to keep this on the down low as much as we can, but as the cataclysm wears on and more and more of us become realized, it will be hard to stop the rumors, to stop the gossip. So... Do what you do best, V. Control the narrative. Okay. V thinks for a long time about perhaps disguising himself into Ronnie, but she's just like, all right. <laughs> all right. I will go ahead and... And then she like, actually, you know what? I have, I have the spell slot. She casts disguise self into Ronnie, but could I just be like this? Do I have to? V. <laughs> Nakshirzo. Okay, she drops it. Yeah, I think I think Rev had cocked her hand back. She went, ah, she was about to punch you. <laughs> like, who the fuck? Oh, oh, 
Oh, never do that again. Okay, that was, what was that? That was disgusting. I don't, I'm sorry. No part of you could ever be disgusting to me, V, but that came close. That man came really close. Don't do that again, ever, ever. And Grim, the sight that she summoned out of nowhere, just disappears <laughs> again. Fine, fine, no more Ronnie. I'll, I'll, let's just go down. I'll think of something on the way down. Okay. I think all of you, like, crowd on the, on the dais, maybe. Uh, and, like, Rev, she's sort of muttering, like... <clears throat> Just listen, V, I am a lesbian, so please just don't. <laughs> and then phew, poof, uh, <laughs> the light goes off. Poof, and all of you land back on like the ground floor at the base of the Tower of Risk and Reward. And now the chanting is so, so, so loud, right? Like from, from the crowd, like it seems like all of Rosso has like gathered all around the base. But there's sort of like an unspoken like part of their culture or the tradition here. None of them have rushed in to the tower. Even though there's no barricade set up, all the people are waiting respect respectfully at the bottom of the stairs leading up to this raised dais where this tower looms. And I think all of you like stride out, right? You like stride out from the shadow of the tower with the starless dark fanning out above your heads, but like torches and like lit sconces from nearby like houses and people are like casting light and like with lanterns like aloft like in uh, in the crowd, you know, like lighters at a concert, right? <laughs> that, they've, that they've been like held aloft. And there's like the chanting suddenly stops and like a silence settles as like all of you like step out like into this illuminated darkness uh, at the very top of, of the stairs look down across this like sea of people there's got to be at least a thousand several thousand people just like filling the streets just all over all over the base of the tower of risk and reward and kane steps forward holding bloodthirst's body and the silence just sort of hangs over everyone in rosso uh, before kane steps forward do any of you want to say anything to Kane or like do something or are we all just like sort of like waiting? Manaya is going to try to take maybe like a, a side path down to join the crowd, feeling no obligation to be up next to the champion. Yeah, I think maybe it's like we peel away from the sides. Okay. V, do you stay up there or do you try to join the crowd? V will give a little bit of distance, but uh, we'll stay on the stairs. All of you, Dr. Luso, Talat, Xiaohu, Tanga do not come down with the rest of you. Uh, Rev, even, y'all, like, join the front row of the crowd and look up. Dewey, Manaya, Oka, at V, Kane. Sorry, and Xiaohu. Xiaohu's also up there. My apologies. And Kane's also holding bloodthirst. I think Dewey's actually not going to join the crowd. He's going to, like, uh, sneak off to, like, retrieve the stone, but also, like, crouch there. And he doesn't want to be in, like, a crowd of people right now. Okay, so you're gonna remain inside like the ground floor of the tower. Okay, but there's like a massive archway so you can see Kane's back. And like in the distance, like you see the little faces of people, right? So you're crouched there all by yourself in this vast like coliseum, right? Oh, I think that actually makes more sense. Oka would also just kind of stay back against the wall. Mm-hmm, yeah. So we're not making a show of like going down the stairs. Sounds good. So are you also hanging behind Manaya in that case? Sure, yeah. Okay, I think everyone, all of y'all hang behind. It's just Kane. Okay, cool. Kane v... Kane holding bloodthirst and Xiaohu who step out. The crowd quiets down. And Kane takes a deep breath and says, My name is Kane, and I am your new champion. P no, please don't. Please don't cheer for me. 
That's probably the first and last time you'll ever hear me say that. And I think, like, the crowd laughs at that. I hold in my arms the body of a man I once called father. The body of a man who taught me everything I know about how to survive, how to get ahead, how to thrive in a world that sees no value in a starving orphan child. I hold in my arms the body of a man who showed me what family could be, who fed me, clothed me, gave me a roof over my head when I had none, gave me siblings when I was lost. I hold in my arms the body of a man I killed tonight. The body of a man all of you used to call champion. It's Rosso's worst kept secret that Bloodthirst was the leader of the Kusing Guild. We don't know what that is. How does it feel to live under a rock, first of all? Second of all, Kusing Guild is, was, a vast thieves guild criminal empire that I was a part of. My first act as champion will be to demolish it brick by brick. Bloodthirst took me in when no one else would, but that doesn't mean he was a good person. Just because you do this one nice thing, honestly, this one bare minimum thing that you do to call yourself parent or father doesn't mean you get to treat your children how you want. Doesn't mean you get to mold them into your perfect little warriors. Shut them in cages when they disagree with you or make them do your dirty work. I have had a complex relationship with Bloodthirst. I still don't know if killing him was the right thing to do. But what I do know is this. I will not be the champion Bloodthirst had always dreamed of me becoming. I will not rule with an iron fist. I will not kill or imprison or exile those who disagree with me. I will face those I've hurt. And I will not look away. And I hope you won't either. Because we have a lot to answer for. And with that, Kane gently places Bloodthirst's body on the ground and conjures a white shroud out of thin air and like gently lays this white shroud over Bloodthirst's body. And now I think is the time that you hear from this woman. And Kane turns to you, V. The crowd begins to murmur like, oh, is, that who, is that who I think it is? That... It's the Paragon, but I thought Paragons were just a myth. Shh, 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 she's about to talk. And like these thousands, tens of thousands of eyes, like enough to fill like a football stadium twice over, like all turn and fix on you, V. What do you say? Citizens of the Championship of Nabal. What a wild few months we've had here, both in the championship and Il Cross and Dake. Yes, it is true, I am your paragon, 
And yes, it is true that paragons do exist. I know ever since that night, so many months it feels like now ago, it felt like the gods abandoned us here on Andake. But through my ventures, I've discovered the gods are still here. They're still with us. But they're waiting. They're not quite themselves anymore. But they're waiting for their paragons to find them. And coming to the championship, I found Skad and Nectis, and I indeed was their paragon. And I carry them inside of me right now. I don't think it is fair that you would not understand what it means to be a paragon or what is happening right now in Endake. I think it is important that I, V. Nakshurzo, am open and honest with you. Which if you've known me for any length of time, you know that that's a wild ask of me to do for you. But Cain is not the only one who used to be part of networks of thieves. I too am a thief at heart. But these are strange times we live in. And it seems that many of us have to give up old ways to make room for the new and for any hope of Andake being restored to what it once was still existing. And yes, there are other paragons, there are other gods, and we are working on it. We've we've had many adventures. We have we have done so much already, and we're working on doing more for you. Um, I just want you all to be aware and understand that the carnival and some of the terrors of that, that is over. That was a strange reaction of Scott and Nectis in this new world, and and now they're safe within me. They, they've come to their senses, so to speak. And so it is safer here. It is, so it is time for you all to work together to rebuild this great city and the championship. Um, turn it into something even better than it could ever have been imagined before. And just know that there are some groups of people out there. Some parading as cults, some parading as scientists, some parading as, you know, uh, power-hungry members of the seediest part of the Andake Underbelly, all trying to work against us. But we're going to endure because we've got something that, uh, that they don't. And V, like, kinda, like, looks a little bit back, but obviously her friends are, like, kinda, like, chillin' uh, out of view, and, but she, like, kinda gestures in that direction, but I'm not doing this alone. And if these last few months have taught me anything, it's that together with me and the folks that I travel with, uh, I've learned that we can accomplish anything if we stay strong together. And so, with that, I promise you as your paragon, 
Uh, we're going to do everything we can to protect Andake and you. And all that we ask is that you take care of each other as well. Thank you. And with that, everyone starts cheering and like clapping and whooping, shooting up like fireworks, you know, like with like the last of their magic, whooping and cheering and cheering. Uh, Siaku, I think, had stepped forward to start, and I'm the uh uh uh. It's like everyone starts to like cheer. After Kane's speech and V's speech as Andake's first paragon in over a myriad, 10,000 years. We're now going to do, I think, a quick little montage. I think the next couple days are going to pass. There's going to be a lot of rebuilding in Rosso, uh, in, in the aftermath of the carnival in the city itself, uh, as well as emotional rebuilding and a city coming to grips with uh, earth-shattering truths being levied at them uh, in a single night. Uh, not just the passage of power from one hand to another, but the revelation of paragons, of the gods not being entirely gone, of their being a way to perhaps restore Andake back to the way it was before the cataclysm. There are whispers of hope and fear and shock about this turn of events. And now I think let's zoom in on how our PCs have been dealing with the next couple of days in Rosso. Starting with Oka. I think Oka is walking down one of the many, many now like bustling streets of Rosso and they have uh, like skewered meat and pepper jerky, uh, like sizzling on a stick and they're like kind of like gnawing at it. Uh, and they turn to their companion, uh, Dr. Oluso, on their way to the library um they're walking like with a steady clip uh and they're chewing and they go all right so who the fuck is vasca ah yes uh, slow down oka i don't want you to get a cramp i'm not gonna get a cramp i've been walking all over in for the last six months and before that too i'm not gonna get a cramp uh you say as you start to feel a cramp <laughs> like not together I in your gut through uh dr lucia says ah yes vasca I don't know if you remember this, it was quite a number of weeks ago at this point. Vasca is one of several other people who are a part of Equilibrium. Um, the group that your party is has joined, helping me on my mission to restore Andake, etc, etc, etc. Vasca is a practitioner of the healing arts. I, I at first brought them up because I, I figured they'd be able to help you with your blocked tea. But between Dabathati and the court... And now, Rosso, we haven't really had a chance to meet and connect uh, back at the chasm. Is Vasca in Rosso? No. Last I'd seen Vasca, I'd sent them up to the commune to investigate uh, some problems up north. That now, given all this information, I believe might be a shard of Neatbuza. Right, so how does Atalanta know her? I don't know. And there, it might be a different Fosca, but the likelihood of that seems low. I don't know how Atalanta might know her. Vasca has never been exactly forthcoming about her history. <laughs> and Oka kind of like stops in the street and chews. Is this like how you didn't really know about Fee and Rev? Uh, what do you... Oh, oh, about their romantic entanglements? Uh, perhaps. I'm not very good at picking up on stuff like that. 
Dr. Lucio's like, I might have missed that if it were more obvious to other eyes. <laughs> well, there's plenty of things you don't miss, Doc, and that's why we're going to the library. Ah, books, scrolls, yes. Okay, definitely more my expertise. And I think we cut now to the library. Uh, in the Plaza of Dreams and Knowledge, uh, there's a sprawling library connected by various courtyards. Actually, it makes you think a little bit of a familiar library in the slumbering palace of Dokao, uh, Oka, as you like walk between these like trimmed hedges and like people like, I think a part of the library was was crushed uh, when one of the big bone Ferris wheels like rolled through Rosso. I think part of the library was one of the structures that was crushed. So like half of the library is like um, shut down for repairs. Uh, but it's still operational. <laughs> it's still open. And I think there's like a little like like dwarf lady with like a big full beard. And she's like, oh, oh, don't don't mind the construction. Just, you know, the aftermath of the carnival and everything <laughs> going up in flames here uh, in Rosso. How can I help you? Uh, I'm looking on, I'm looking for everything you have on, let's see here. Anoka pulls out like a little piece of paper. Everything that you have on Paragons, the Paragon War, the Queen's Gambit, and the Stranger War. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, so many of those books are checked out uh, because, well, for obvious reasons. Um, but but I might I might have some more volumes in the back. Uh, anything in particular about the Stranger Paragon stuff? Everything. Every book. Uh, got it. I could also put you on a waiting list for some of our more illustrious volumes as she pulls out a scroll that hits the ground and keeps rolling okay like looks after it like anything in the restricted sections archives oh well the, the restricted sections are uh, restricted for a reason not really supposed to allow common folk back there some of the books were rather volatile dangerous if opened right but uh this is by order of the champion what Really? By Kane? Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> the dwarf lady turns uh, and leads you to the restricted section. There's like several doors that she has to unlock. Like runes that glow. There's like there's like a door that's like a blood sacrifice and a door where you have to like speak your darkest truth. Like it all opens and all opens. She's like, oh, when I killed my only son and shit opens and like, <laughs> and, like you walk in uh, and she, she leads you into the restricted section. Yes, Oka? Uh, I think as this is all going on, uh, Oka turns to Dr. Lucy and they're like, I think I'm getting better at lying. I think you are too. As the two like lowest charisma people in the party look at each other and nod. Uh, <laughs> you are led into the forbidden uh, restricted section of the library where it's all dark and you see these books bound in leather, you know, you know, these scrolls that are like, you know, wrapped up in like old blood red seals, etc. And like as you pass by a couple of the books, you swear they go, help me as you like move past these like, yeah, the forbidden section, like evil cursed books uh, and like old, old musty volumes. Uh, and she leads you to a, a section that does not have a lot of scrolls. This, oh, this is all we have on paragons in the forbidden section. I'm gonna get out of here. Give me a, a ring if you need me. I don't like being in here. Uh, she scurries off. Uh, and you look at this section and you see books about the Paragon War, about the Stranger War, about the Queen's Gambit. And a lot of these are like um, 
I think the reason why they're in the restricted section is because they claim to be like an, an expose or like maybe like a biography of like the paragons, like the sordid truths about each paragon, like stuff like that. Right. So like rag sheets. So like so like mom magazines about the paragons, like people magazine, but for paragons. <laughs> Yes. Yes, I think so. Um, and there are several that look to be like journals, diaries that claim to be um, the diaries of actual paragons. Ooh, ooh, my feature, my feature, my feature, my grim psychometry feature. Oka is going to take, they're going to just like lean back and stare really hard at the bookshelves and then start like running their hands over each of like over every shelf, like like looking at stuff, opening them, if they can like read the language or not, like throwing aside the one they the ones they can't to Dr. Eluso. Um, and I would love to use that feature to get advantage on history checks to recall the dark past of objects that I am touching. Okay. Roll intelligence investigation with advantage. I'm gonna use a point of inspiration. That was a five and a two. Collective, right? Because you don't have any personal. Yes, please. Nineteen. With a nineteen, as you're looking at all of these. Almost all of them are fake, okay? Almost all of them are like forgeries or frauds, right? Maybe you think of V, <laughs> like, as, yeah, as you look, because, like, like, you know, and, like, you're like, God, I wonder how much money the library paid <laughs> to, like, acquire these. Yeah, and Oka's just fucking throwing them over their shoulder. Like, maybe Dr. Luce is like, you can't treat books like that, but Oka's just fucking throwing them, right? Like, they're just, like, looking, tossing, tossing, tossing. The one genuine volume is a diary. Uh, is a circular diary uh, that sort of like screws open and just sort of like opens up almost like an accordion. Um, but as you do, like the pages float off and like like filter through like like magically. Um, but the pages are blank. Pages are blank. But you know with your grim psychometry that there's a trick, there's some sort of spell that's hiding the contents. Right. Um, and you know, this is, you know, you turn this like odd circular diary like around in your hands and you see it, a name of its owner sort of written in an ancient text, uh, in an ancient uh, way of writing Jukan. Uh, and I will let you do an intelligence history check to see if you can piece together the, the name. Given your studies, your academic upbringing, you might have studied like ancient. This is equivalent of like something written in Latin. 25. Uh, the name uh, of the diary owner is Shu Hai Miao. So that's S H U H A I space M I A O. Shu Hai Miao. And does that ring any bells at all for anything? With your 25 history check, yes. This was the name of Sen's Paragon. That's right, baby. Oka tucks that shit right underneath their arm and is like, we got what we came looking for, Doc. Uh, and they smile, actually, this like big grin. And they kind of like clap Dr. Lusa, who's maybe like rifling through all the books overturned on the ground. And they like stride out the big smile on their face the, with the circular book tucked under their arm. I love that. I think Dr. Lusa is like, ah, yes, let me just clean this up. They wave their, their, their hands and like all of the, the fallen scrolls like glow blue and they like, re they like put themselves, reorganize themselves back into the shelf and they, they hustle past you, uh, their dirty lap coat like fluttering. And I think on the two of you exiting the forbidden section of the library of the Plaza of Dreams and Knowledge, we are going to cut now to Manaya. 
So, Manaya, what have you been up to these uh, this week, basically, these next couple of days? You mentioned offhand, and I'm going to bring it up now, ha ha ha, that I would regain access to my warlock powers after a long rest. Yes. So I think first, the day after, I'm assuming we're staying in the hero's quarters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Manaya wakes up, and what do I feel? You feel the princess again in you, which is perhaps very relieving, but she feels really small and distant in your soul, almost muffled. Manaya wakes up and immediately closes her eyes and starts meditating. Um, and though she is verbally silent, she is screaming in her mind. Tears are running down her face as she goes, Princess, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have overdrawn. I thought I could use part of myself. I didn't know it would hurt you so much. Please, how can I fix this? I don't think she answers you, Manaya. Not that first day, at least. I think you could, you sense that she's there, but she's like kind of giving you the cold shoulder. She doesn't answer. Okay, so it's not for lack of power of like, I physically can't talk to you so much as I'm choosing not to. Exactly. Okay. After two days of this, literally the exact same routine, and maybe just like intermittently during the day, just like, Princess, I'm sorry. I I didn't know. I'll never do it again. I promise. On Mahu's oceans. I swear. And... After the third day, she says, Something's broken. I don't know what to do. And... I'm going to see if I can ask mother and father about it when we get back to Dr. Lusso's. Just hold tight, alright? I love you. And with that out of the way, she's going to go find Talat. Okay. Uh, you're able to find Talat, I think, at the edge of Clothal Jungle. Talat has made it like really clear that she she doesn't sleep at the hero's quarters with you. She's gone back to Clothal because that's where she's from. That's where she calls home. So you're able to find her uh, sort of like in Clothal, right? Like, like we'll, we'll cut there and you sort of like smell the sort of like autumn, like nature sort of suffusing your nostrils. You hear like bird song in the distance, you hear crickets chirping um, and like the, the last stragglers of cicadas buzzing uh, in the wood. You, if you feel the, the pliant ground sort of like squish underneath you. It rained last night, uh, like a, a wet twig snap underfoot as you like walk deeper into the into the jungle. Maybe like brushing vines and branches out of the way. Yeah, and Manaya's gonna bring like a small like bowl of just like food, natural herbs, vegetables, fruits, maybe some meats. Sort of like a an apology gift, you might call it. Do I see Talat? Uh, as you walk in, you you see the shack where you first met her, but it seems it doesn't seem like there's anything or anyone on it. Um, it looks like it hasn't been touched in at least a week or two. Um, but you know, maybe as you like pause to look up at it, you don't hear anything. But I think you just like sort of see like a, a, a dark shadow descend from the canopy as a hawk uh, sw- like swings down and like grabs some of the meat uh, out of the bowl and flies off. Is this Talat's hawk? Do I recognize it? Yes, you recognize it. It is the uh, hawk that 
landed on Talat's uh, arm when you first met her. Yeah. If I recognize the hawk before it gets to me, Manaya's going to lift up the bowl. Okay. Yeah, the, the hawk flies off and, like, disappears, you know, with its, with its feast. And you hear a voice from above you and a little bit to your right uh, go... Again, you should really be careful about tramping around these jungles like you're some kind of big elephant. Sort of dropping down from the canopy, like light as a feather, silent as a feather is Talat. And like she's, she has like a, a, a short bow drawn, uh, but she like puts it back uh, on, she sheets it again on her back. Hey, Amaniah. Hey. Sorry to drop by. I, I brought a offering. I know last time I talked to you, I interrupted some hunting, so I wanted to bring this. Ah, some berries and fruit and meat and stuff? Hmm. Okay. I won't say no to that. Do you have time to talk? As she, I think she, as she's like taking the stuff in the bowl and like putting it into like a satchel strapped to her waist, she pauses and looks at you. What? You gonna call me a bitch again? No, I... I'm sorry about everything. I should have been more understanding about who you are, your situation, and without you, we wouldn't have made it through the carnival. You helped us a lot before the carnival, telling us about where it is and rescuing us, rescuing me afterward, and... I'm grateful for that. Uh, she sort of like rubs a knot in her like neck, sort of cricks, cricks her neck and cracks it. Uh, it's, you know, it's fine. You don't have to, you don't have to thank me or it's not, apologize. I, it's not. They say that for every transgression against a person, it takes seven good deeds to make up for it. And we won't be in Rosso for long, so I won't be able to fulfill that. But I, I'm really, truly sorry. Is that what they say where you're from? Well, that's uh, what they say in the orphanage I grew up in. Oh. Sorry to hear you were an orphan. It's fine. I, I'm here now, huh? I think tears start welling up in her eyes as she says, I I took a vow a long time ago to never never bear ill will against anyone, and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I've hurt you, and I've hurt so many other people, and I have a long way to go to make up for it, and I'm just... I know it's hard out here, and I know you're used to getting stung and hurt, around here. But you're not used to singing and hurting, are you? No. Took the carnival and the days and weeks after to realize that. Hey, listen, Manaya, I appreciate you coming out here, giving me this gift. You know, lots of people would have just hightailed it out of here by now, not give another crap about me. That, that means something. So, thanks. Koji will enjoy that rabbit. Mm. But don't give him too many gifts or else he's gonna get he's gonna get lazy. Won't be a good hunting partner anymore. Listen, Manaya, I don't have some huge insight or some big 
shattering perspective on this as she gestures toward everything. But what I do know is that V and you and everyone you're traveling with, there's something really different about y'all. Something magical. I can sense it. And the fact that you're here and cry crying about it and being a person about it makes me feel better about our chances, I guess. Because if you have it all figured out, if you know exactly what to do, if you've got the plan all the time, I'd be like, who the hell is this person? I'm not going to listen to you. You think you know what's best for me? No fucking way. The fact that you're here and you don't know what to do and you're hurting, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a really good thing. Thank you, Talab, for everything. You're welcome. Do you, when this is all over, do you want to maybe teach me a little bit of hunting? Sorry, I'm married to the, oh, uh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, sure. First lesson, don't walk so loud. It's honestly really impressive how loud you walk. <laughs> could hear you coming from half a mile away. So could the entire rest of the jungle. Scared off all the, all the game. Well, on a ship, you have to be loud to get over the waves. But maybe I'll invest in some quieter boots. It's not about the boots, Manaya. It's not about the boots. She reaches up and like claps you, like on your <laughs> broad shoulders. She has to like get on her tippy toes a little and clap you. All right, go do what you got to do. I'll be here. You'll know where to find me. Hey, and me and Koji, we'll survive this, because that's what we do. And especially with the carnival gone, I'm sure you'll be fine. If there's anything I can do to help rebuild the destruction of this place just let me know yeah the carnival really did a number on the wildlife here the flora and the fauna hasn't ever quite been the same since but nature finds a way nature finds a way asuhan learned how to use an axe from a very young age and it's almost more of a tool than a weapon we cut down the trees to build our ships. We use them as paddles when there's no wind in the sails. And we do so sustainably. Using trees that have long since rotted, using trees that have knots in them that prevent them to, from growing. So if there are trees that are too mangled to grow or... <laughs> anything i having some trouble with my magic right now but once i get that fixed and sorted out i would love to help with some of the nature magic i know to help regrow and rebuild i'd really appreciate that it's the least i can do you figure out your own shit first sounds like <laughs> you and everyone else has some uh, paragon business to take care of that's just all that's just it's beyond me. Mm. I'm just going to take care of the woods best as I can, like I always have. And hey, if Kane ever gives you trouble about revoking 
Clothow as a nature reserve. Ah, uh, Kane can shove their sparkly dance shoes up their butt. They don't know jack shit about Clothow. And I think they're smart enough to know that. I don't think they'd want to touch this place after their experiences here. Hmm. No. And uh, I've definitely overheard them say about how it's nature is gross and they don't like bugs. So I think Clothow's safe. Classic manicured full face makeup. <laughs> I make it a point not to wear makeup. Somewhere in a rose bath, Kane uh, sneezes. Well, make good use of your gift. And um, if you have a, ever have a restless night, there's a small parcel in the bottom. It's the couple of leaves of an herb I got from a friend from down south. It should help you sleep. Oh, nice. All right. Great. Thanks. Probably not safe for birds, but... That's okay. Koji knows to stay away when I smoke. Okay, so maybe, maybe on your face, Manaya, uh, we're going to cut away from Clothow Jungle and go to Dewey. Dewey, these cu next couple of days, what are you up to? Um, I think that the next couple of days, Tonga has stayed in her room and Dewey's uh, unsuccessfully tried to like, he's been like, Tonga, please, can we, can we talk? And like when she doesn't respond, he's uh, resorted to like, shoving flat foods under the door uh so like, <laughs> like non various flatbreads like and like pizza slices yeah and then at like <laughs> uh he's worried about variety and at one point he like freezes a a bowl of soup into like a flat pan and then like shoves it under and then like shoves like a hot plate underneath i think what happens is like a game of air hockey you shove it in and bam it like shoots back out <laughs> you have to like flutter up to like not get hit by the hot the really hot hot plate I'm fine. Go away, Cardu. I don't want to talk to you. I think in between these unsuccessful attempts to get uh, Tonga to come out or talk, he's going to try and figure out what Sievert wanted to do with the uh, giant runestone. The Stormfang Treaty? Yes. Okay. Are you going to go down to Clotho as well and retrace your steps and try to, try to go there? Or are you going to try to like knock on doors and f ask around about it? Yeah, I think I'm going to go back down to the... Uh, jungle and study a little more and kind of figure out like what could they possibly do with this okay dewey you make your way down to clotho you i you have really high intelligence so i'm not even gonna make you roll for it i think you can retrace your steps perfectly and when you get to that clearing with the sewer water like gurgling up on that hill the tr it's not there anymore the treaty is gone there's just sort of a divot in the ground um, based on my time I spent in Rosso, what kind of buildings would be large enough to, would have doors large enough to like haul this thing through, I guess? Before before you ask that, do you want to maybe just like roll investigation okay. on like the divot in the ground to see like how they might have done this? Sure. Investigation. Uh, 18. Okay, with an 18, it's odd. You don't see any drag marks. You don't see any wheel marks, right? It's not like they put this on like a cart and hauled it out. Which makes you think, like, did they magically? And you, like, think back to, like, the, the bandits, the thugs, the hired goons that Sievert had brought. And one of them had, like, a, a bag that was sort of, like, cinched at the neck. And the bag wasn't super big. And it sort of clicks for you. That was a bag of holding. Okay. I guess I would talk to 
Kane, maybe, um, who would probably know the most about secret, like, guilds like the Kusin Guild. Okay. I think you would find Kane in the throne room with the advisors, right? And Xiaohu as well. And, like, doing a lot of paperwork specifically to get ready for Atalanta's funeral, uh, which will happen at the end of this week. Um, so, like, maybe, like, the guards recognize you, so they let you through, and, like, you enter the throne room, and it's been cleaned up, you know, um, you see at the the end of this hall, Kane is sitting on the throne where Atalanta used to sit. Uh, there's like a tables strewn all over the dais. Uh, you see those three advisors, the gnome, the halfling, and the human, all sort of bickering and like shoving papers in Kane's face. Kane's got a big quill and looks really bored. It's just like initial, initial sign, initial, initial sign, right? Like Xiaohu is nearby, being like, "Do I have to sign? Is that no? Oh, okay, I'll just stand." I'll just stand over here. Uh, Xiao was sort of like wringing rear paws and looking like really excited, just happy to be involved. Uh, <laughs> and when you enter, Xiao goes, Gardu, what's wrong? Did something happen? No, uh, no not besides Tonga not answering me. Have you had any, have you had any luck getting her out of the room? Uh, she says she doesn't want to talk to anyone, least of all you. Yeah. I do have something that maybe a bigger problem that I think Kane might know about. Uh, Kane, you have a moment? The new champion, and this you recognize is Amar, the human, uh, that had snapped at Manaya with like dark skin, like a beard. The new champion is really busy. Sorry, but they don't have any time to... It's okay, Amar. I welcome a break. It's almost time for my, uh, for my brunch, my brunch break anyway. Uh, and like they, they clap and like servants appear with like brunch, like in trays and like start setting it down like on nearby tables, like for Kane. Uh, Kane goes, Xiaohu, do you want some of this? It's it's the best steak Florentine. What's a, how do you even? No, I'm a, no, thank you. Okay, you're missing out. And uh, Kane starts digging into the steak Florentine um, and uh, gestures for you to sit across. Yeah, Dewey will sit down and not touch any of the extremely fancy food. Yeah, and it's also all meat. Like, there's not a single vegetarian option here. You're like, oh, is that is that a, a leafy green? Oh, nope, that's just a mollusk that's been dyed green. Um, there's nothing. There's nothing here for you to eat. Uh, Kane keeps offering you like like this is this is here oyster with the pearl inside. Pearl's edible too. Uh, I'm okay. I ate before. Um, Tonka won't take any of the food that I've been. Um, so I've just been eating it. Uh, let me guess what you ate. Pita pockets, flatbreads, ugh. The carbs, Cardu. Think about the carbs. There was soup too. I Look, there's not a lot of things that'll fit under a door. Soup is not sexy. It's food. For my f- friend? Mm. Anyways. So what do you know of uh, White Dragonborn, Sievert, Criminal Guild? White Dragonborn, Sievert, Criminal Guild. Oh, you mean the Chromatic Order? Yes. Oh, as far as I know, they're based out of the Godspine, though they have headquarters in Dabathati, parts of Kirtal, a little bit of Jukai. Why? They're another criminal organization. I'm familiar with many. Their, their guiding philosophy is quite odd. They only worship Skod, which is... Hmm. Which I don't agree with. Yeah, that checks out. You know, because Scott, it said, made the chromatic dragons. 
of which they venerate. So I found a thing in the jungle. Oh, the treaty. That thing has immense power. And it was there. And I scared him off the first time. And now it's gone. And I have a feeling I know who carted the mouth. Look, I don't know that much about jungles because they're gross and have bugs. But if what you're saying is true, then the chromatic order must be up to no good whatsoever. Unfortunately, Cardu, I'm stretched a little bit thin here in Rosso. I'm not even past the signing phase, the inauguration phase of being a champion, and there's already a million things on my to-do list. What do you need from me? I just want... Uh, can you keep an eye out for any activity they're doing here? I know they're not based here. They're probably heading out if they haven't already. I will. If this is helpful to you, Cardu, I've heard rumors that their ultimate goal is to restore the, uh, the Draconic Age. The age when dragons still walked and dake and ruled over everything and everyone as tyrants. Obviously, that's a bunch of hogwash. It will never happen. But everyone said that about the Paragons and the Stranger War. And look, Paragons walk among us, so what do I know? Yeah, knowing uh, this Siebert dude um, used to be a friend of these. He's capable of... Uh, I wouldn't put that past Wouldn't put that past hmm. him, so. Uh, thanks. And then Dewey grabs, like, a piece of paper off the table. He doesn't really know what's on it, but he's uh, he starts scribbling down, like, instructions on how to attune, like, um, Stones of Far Speech to Tongas, uh, just in case you ever need, like, guidance. Uh, she's smart, capable, she'll help you out, uh, she's got good judgment. Ah, uh, yes, the woman holed up in her room has good judgment, and the woman who freaking hates me. Okay, yep, I will keep this in mind. Uh, Kane s rolls up the instructions and tucks it away into their into their robe. You're not sure where they tuck it away to, but it's, it's gone <laughs> when they, like, remove their hand. Um, and they go... You know, I've always wondered, if there was a chromatic order, why haven't I ever heard of a metallic one? Are you going to say anything about the Copper Stewards, Cardu? That you met all the way back in Arc 1, Episode 1? What? Yeah, I haven't checked up on them in uh, almost a year. As our notekeeper here, uh, the, chroma the, the Copper Stewards only worship Nectus, which is the other side, and they only venerate metallic dragons. Yeah, that makes sense. Just a thought experiment. How do you think these two would interact if they ever came into contact with each other? <sighs> okay, given what I know about criminals and power, uh, they'd probably try to fucking kill each other, yeah. Rather, let me amend that. The Chromatic Order would try to destroy the Metallic Order, which, again, I'm not even sure if it exists. Oh, here's a thought. Maybe it doesn't exist because the Chromatic Order already destroyed them. That would make sense. Scott has always been the more... Kane makes a punching motion of the lovers. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about, Cardu, or are you just here to philosophize about dragons? No. Uh, thank you for your time. Have a good brunch. <laughs> as, as, you, as you get up to leave, uh, you hear Kane go, oh, Cardu, wait. What? Bros, right? Yeah. Listen, I'm... Uh, I didn't mean to, I, it was, I mean, we were, we were competing for the same thing. It was, 
And they, they sort of trail off. I know. I don't like you, but we all do pretty terrible stuff under terrible influences. I have to see the best in you. I have to believe that's not who you are. <laughs> all right. Well, you probably have other places to go, people to see, uh, horrible fashion choices to make. So don't let me hold you up any longer. Here, Xiaohu, try this uh, bacon-wrapped scallop. Hmm? Yeah, Jerry gets out of there. Okay. Uh, and maybe on that, we will cut to V. V, what have you been up to these past few days? I think she'll start every morning trying to... Try to continue the conversation that was kind of happening with Scott, Nectis, even Ying's. She's trying to like, you know, she that moment where Ying was like about to tell her something is like stuck in her mind. And all she wants to do is like find out what that was about. Okay. Do you want to try the, the communication mechanic? Yep, I do. With your god? Okay. So, once per long rest, when you are in a quiet and safe place, you may attempt to commune with your gods. Say what guidance you seek and roll a d20. I think you said the guidance you are seeking. So, roll that d20. About All Ying, right. specifically, right? Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> My first <laughs> roll. Oh, uh, I'm going to use a per personal collective. Okay. Uh, no, personal inspiration. I got three. Okay. Sounds good. Much better. 18. 18. Okay, on an 11 to 19, pick one complication. Let's... Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm going to go with the gods can... Uh, can't talk long. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, what does it look like as you're trying to com commune with Scott and Nectis? V is, like, in her bedroom. You know, she's woken up from the stranger de dream, and once she's, like, resettled, she, like, goes off to the corner and sort of, like... Uh, sits cross-legged and uh, very meditative, sits up straight and just is like closing her eyes and maybe as she gets closer and closer to connecting, it's maybe a little bit of that uh, stone in her chest starts to glow, just a little bit of that Kelly green. I love that. Uh, and then we sort of like zoom in on your face and poosh, suddenly poosh, wind is rushing past you, your eyes flutter open and you are halfway up a cliff. A uh, grassy cliff, wind swept all around you, these beautiful clouds, galtangers up there in the sun, right? This is, this is not post-cataclysm now. And you see at the top of this cliff, you see a gold-skinned tiefling. As they turn, they're dressed in these beautiful iridescent robes. They turn and they smile. They see you. They've got these black scleros, long like black hair. And you know, this is Ying. Ah, V, there you are. We were interrupted last time, weren't we? Uh, listen, we don't have long. And you see the clouds begin to sort of like darken and start to cover, cover, cover the sun. Come. And they hold out a hand and, and gesture for you to, for you to join them at the, at the top of the cliff. V makes her way up and grabs him by the hand to pull up to right next to him. And now you see what Ying was looking out over, which is 22 pillars. Sort of across like a, a misty landscape and each pillar has a different image carved into its face uh, carved all around it uh, and Ying says well listen don't have long but what I wanted to tell you is that's the gamble right down there okay you have to fall 
and they gesture down into the misty depths at the at the bottom of the cliff. You don't know how deep down it goes. But if you jump down there with nothing but trust in your heart, you'll get the greatest blessing of Scott and Nectus that they can give. Okay. V like looks down and is like, uh, little known fact about our friend V Nectus, so she actually does not like heights. <laughs> um, so she looks down <laughs> and it's a little vertigo. She's like, <laughs> she just like takes a few deep breaths and Scott and Nectus, Scott and Nectus. And uh, she goes ahead and like, ah, like leaps off and like total like arms out, horizontal and like foosh down into the misty bottom. Okay. Uh, you fall and it's like a sense of vertigo and your like gut is like plummeting up and you just hear Yingo, good job V. And their like voice sort of like drifts away. Um, and you don't remember hitting a bottom, uh, but you or hitting anything, but you do remember like what you do feel is the sensation of like your gut falling just slowly alleviates. And you're no longer upright, you're actually uh, horizontal. And you're in some sort of a watery, like a shallow pool of something. And uh, when you open up your eyes, you see like, and Dake's night sky just sprawled out in front of you, above your eyes. Uh, but instead of the constellation of the eight, there are 22 constellations that you've never seen before in your life. And like, you're sort of like, even though you're, you're wet all around, uh, there's water all around, you can feel it sort of like sloshing. You don't, you're not wet. And when you sit up uh, and you raise your hand, in your hand is a deck of cards. Uh, that jing jing jing, that are like sort of like, glowing like gently and like the back of the deck of cards has like um sort of like a, a in- intricate picture of Scott and Nectus intertwined and the name just comes to your lips you know what this deck of cards is called gamble the deck of risk and reward there you go you got your paragon item and I think you wake up that's when you wake up like in in the room and you look down and gamble is in your hand he's just gonna like look at it um kind of flip through it much but she's actually choosing not to look at the face of on the card she keeps the the back of the cards towards her she just like knows that when the time is right the cards she'll pull the, the right card and then maybe she just sort of stretches out one hand with the card on it and like looks at it for a second and just like almost like quickly like shifts her hand as if she was doing like a sleight of card thing and it like the deck just like disappears in her hand. Perfect. And I want you to mark one on your destiny track. V, was there anything else you wanted to do during your individual scene? Um, I think in the coming days, uh, V's just going to take Rev, and it, this, I don't even know if this needs to be a scene, but uh, I think V will just kind of take Rev on a date. Perhaps there's like an entertainment area of of the city where they can okay. walk. Your, your options are a, a gambling house, right? Like a, like a hookah lounge, uh, like a theater uh, with, for a play or a dance theater. Wh- which of these like appeal to you? Also a fighting pit. Wow, I mean, I know we would all think she'd want to go to the gambling hookah lounge, but uh, I actually think she'd go to, like, the, the sort of the dance hall theater place. Okay, is it like a da- like you're dancing with her? 
Yeah. Like a social dance hall? Okay. Yeah. I think we cut to like a hall and there's like a bunch of couples and like, you know, like parents and children, you know, and like siblings, like all around, just friends and family all around. And there's, I think, like a band is playing, like banging on drums. There's trumpets, there's guitars, there's like lutes, you know, there's like instruments from all eight of Andake's great nations, right? Playing like this, like, I think like it's like a, a slow song right now. Right, so a bunch of couples are, are, you know, like on the floor, and like everyone, everywhere you're dancing, and like people are like, oh, like whispering and like looking at you, right, and like, oh, you know, like talking, and like I think a couple of people have already come up to you asking for like your your autograph, you know, asking, you know, for you to cure them of of illness or to like perform miracles, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but at this point, like it's just you and Rev, they're giving you some privacy, like you're you're just dancing together, as this like beautiful like slow song is playing, and I think actually. My, my, the one question that pops in my head: Who is leading? Uh, <laughs> uh, roll, roll a, a d20. Uh, Eleven okay. and above is Rev. Ten and under is you. Eleven. Rev, Rev is leading. Very, very like confidently leading you. Yeah, he's just sort of like swaying back and forth and forth in this like slow waltz. Yeah. I don't think we need too much of a conversation. I just want this really nice moment. I think actually the one thing, um, as the song is coming to an end, um, V is just going to whisper into Rev's ear, um, will you do me a favor? Will you call me Vasante from now on? Of course I will. It's a beautiful name. And then just fade. There's a kiss and a fade. Obviously. (laughs) A kiss and a fade. Wow, I love that. Okay, that feels perfect. That feels like a perfect ending to these individual scenes. Maybe at the end of this week, Oka, Manaya, Dewey, and V. I think the, we find the four of you in the heroes' quarters, right in the co- in the common space, uh, where Doctor Luso is there. Uh, it has like a map spread out uh, on like a table, and is clearly like charting charting various paths to various places, and sort of like muttering and like writing notes to themselves. Um, and I think it's time. I think it's time for the four of you and Dr. Lusso uh, to decide what to do next. So as the four of you are there, maybe you're also pouring over the map along with Dr. O. What do the four of you say to each other? I think Oka has been rather ghostly the last few days, like leading up to this point. Like they've been either out or not around or like holed up in their room reading books you know, they kind of have just made themselves scarce and they're watching like from a slight distance, kind of like chewing on the edge of their knuckle a little bit. Uh, and they look really nervous. I think I speak for all of us when I say we need a rest. Doctor, would you mind if we stop by your cabin before going to the next nation? Certainly not. Yes, we can definitely rest as long as we need uh, until the next assignment. Perhaps we can even go to the hot springs again, or up. Oka, I know there was some pressing matter. We talked about a couple weeks back. Yeah, uh, I, I think we should go to Tsulong. Oka, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I have to, and they kind of gesture to the sword that's, that's maybe like laying out flat over their knees. Maybe they were polishing it, but got distracted. I have to give this back. And I need Rev to come, too. Of course, but I need to be getting back to the court soon as well. Why do you need me? Because my mother is dying. 
and I can't let her soul go nowhere. Please, please, I'm calling in a favor. Okay, I'll come. I'll meet you at the northern border of Toulon after you travel back to Dr. Aluso's and rest. I have to go back to the court in the meantime, take care of some issues up north. We'll rendezvous at the border in, say, a couple weeks' time. Late this month, then. No, beginning of next month. All right. When the leaves are starting to fall even more, let's meet at the border of too long. We're going to need a plan. I can't just waltz in there all, you know. But, V, you're a con woman after my own heart. And I'm sure you'd love a hundred thousand gold bounty if you bring me in make it look convincing i certainly you know i was beginning to think i'd have no more fun anymore now that i'm a paragon but i would absolutely love to try to collect that reward on you the only way we'll be able to get in all the way is if you take me in as a bounty hunter will they not take you at the border no the reward is issued from the throne not from the border. So we'll still have to find a way to sneak across border eventually. Good enough, you have a good friend V who may have some connections to get us across the border. And then sneak you back? Are you just, are you leaving us? Are you going to stay there? Doesn't seem like they're particularly excited to uh, have you return. Well, loud exits are a specialty, I suppose. I have some unfinished business a few things to tie up and then we can go and doc you said that there was no news from too long nothing uh well there is there is something they are uh when squeak and i traveled down here uh, they were in the in the process of of closing up their borders completely sealing them up uh, the heavenly road, as we know, passes through too long. We won't be able to take the same path back. We'll have to ride the border uh, between too long and um, between too long and Talmud to get back home. Or it's honestly, it's it's better if we just it's better if we just cut through Talmud to go, to, to get back to my homestead. Um, but the the only extra news uh, that I've gotten is that they're they're clo- they're closing up their borders fully, not even for trade. Maybe they've found their Pelagon then. If they're not experiencing any problems, then... That's a fucking horrific thought. Why is that? It's one less god and person we have to find. What paragon would close their borders in a time of need and not reach out and try to help? We can't assume every paragon will be on our side initially. Or maybe they're closing up... (laughs) I could just see it. They're closing everything up because they don't want to admit how bad it is. Another option. They're either trying to keep something in or something out. Mengshunzidi is... God of dreams and knowledge, right? What if there's some sort of... Eternal sleep spreading? But it hasn't quite affected the whole nation yet. And they don't want it spreading out. If there is... uh, the, uh, The kingdom is being very, very good at disguising that. I haven't heard even a single whisper in all of my gossip networks. Looks like with every other time we've encountered a god shard, we'll have to play it by ear. 
make it up as we go. But doing some preparation ahead of time is never a bad idea. We'll rendezvous at Dr. Luce's homestead, rest up, gear up, and make our way to Tsulang. I got us something. V, I know how much you've been complaining about having to walk everywhere. So I took the liberty of purchasing us a wagon. Uh, it wasn't just a wagon you purchased, okay? Well, it's, that's my thing. This is for everyone. What's your thing? Nothing. Then what's driving the wagon? Well, we'll have... We'll decide what to pull the wagon later. Hmm. It's an elk. Oka got an elk. It's downstairs. It's in the cave. It's in the stables. Squeak, you really don't have to blow up my spot. Well, I will, because that elk tried to go on me. I went down there to, to try to give it some feed, and it tried to go on me. It was sniffing you, Squeak. They sniff you. It has horns on its... You just have to watch out. Mm-mm-mm-mm. The elk you got is bad-tempered. It's gonna kill someone one day. You know who else is bad-tempered, Squeak? You wanna know who else is bad-tempered? That's right. You bonded with an elk on your way to the border, didn't you? Okay, so I didn't want to leave the elk behind. Okay, yes, we get it. It's mine now, okay? And I bought us a wagon. You're welcome. Oka has a pet. I do not. Oka is almost getting a little bit better at lying. You know, I meant to tell you, actually, I did a really good job in the library when we went. Wait, you went to the library without me? I told you I was going. You were too busy moping out in front of uh, I was Tonga's door. It's hard to push, like, baklava through a door. Speaking of which, how is she? I don't know. She won't talk to me. I'm fine, and I can hear everything you're saying. I'm muffled, muffled through the door. Tonga, I miss your beautiful face. You- Your wonderful inventions? Stop it, you're not gonna get me to come out there. I still disagree with everything. I disagree as well, but we had no choice. The people decided, and if we went against their wishes, you know what would have happened. I know. That doesn't mean I can't not like what's going on and have feelings about it. I've been asking for you to talk about them. Well, I'm not going to talk about it now. Everyone's out there. It's okay to have feelings in the now, and it's okay for them to linger. But sometimes you have to set them aside to move forward. I think it's just silence from Tonga's door. Xiaohu like peeks rear head out uh, from uh, rear door. Uh, are the five of you uh, done? Oh, sorry, Squeak. Six. Oh, hi, Rev. Are the seven of you done using the space? Do you need it? I was going to uh, practice my... Um, well, there's a big ceremony with Atalanta's funeral procession and I'm kind of rusty at dancing, so... Right. We should stay for that. We owe her that much. Certainly do. Well, it looks like we have a plan all squared away. We will go back to my place and then rest there for a week. Rendezvous at the border of Tsulong, the northern border, where Rev will meet us. Uh, v, I assume you have some criminal contacts. Maybe you can tap in to try to get us past that heavily guarded border. Uh, Oka, we can definitely pretend to be bounty hunters trying to bring you in for bounty, but that's quite risky. They might just take you and leave the rest of us at the border. And that is the last thing we want. We don't want to get separated here. 
I trust you to spring me if I need it. Rev, that gives you a few weeks to get back to the court, sort out the things there. I'll understand if you're late. I'm sure there's a lot to catch up on. No, it's fine. I'll be there. Promise is a promise. Okay. Well, uh, Xiaohu will clear the space uh, soon as soon as you want, and um, so you can practice your dancing. Uh, any any other articles of business that I should be aware of? Doctor, did you leave your side of the scrying wall at your place? I did. It's mounted into my wall. Do you think we could talk to anyone who's there, or is it in your study? It is in my study. Uh, but it does, it makes a noise and it starts glowing, uh, when, when, when it's activated. If you're trying to get in contact with Napu and Kahailani, I can certainly, I can certainly set that up for you. Uh, Oka, I believe you have the other half of the scrying bowl? I do. Okay. Good. But maybe before, before attending Atalanta's funeral, we'll square away the last few pieces of business here, attend the funeral, and then head north. Does it sound good to everyone? Manai gives a solemn nod. He also nods. He gives a thumb up. Does anyone want to come see my elk? Right. Yes. You get an elk? I want something to ride. That owlbear was less than ideal. Podcast editing is by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and ExplainTrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out ExplainTrade.com. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Azura, Bradley, Brooke Bright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Emma, Hat, Conding, Lex Slater, Marvelous, Purple Mouse, Scruffisus, and Target.